0: Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Now, we'll never know for sure exactly who the greatest of all time was but any shortlist will certainly always include the name Pele I think John Giles might have put a best last night on the show when asked by Richie if he was the best when he said, well, there was certainly never anybody better which I think is a lovely way to put it. Delighted to be joined by Tim Vickery in Brazil. Tim, I know it's been a crazy 24 hours. You've been on the go constantly since this news broke, but uh, you're very good to give some of your time off the ball today.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. And what a subject we've got to talk about because so much of this is a tribute to what we spend our time doing. We're talking here about someone who was born only 52 years after Brazil abolished slavery. And who leaves the scene acclaimed as the undisputed king of the global game, which is a tribute both to Pelé and to the nature of football itself. In that it's democratic, you don't need money, you don't need sophisticated equipment, you just get out there, a boy or a girl, with a dream. And uh, how many now are following in, in Pelé's footsteps?
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. I might come back to that that topic actually on on slavery and Pele's blackness in 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 a mm-hmm. minute. But um, I suppose we can do the sort of deep dive into Pele's career and life another day, and and when when things have cooled down. And I suppose tonight just want to focus on a couple of things not least the reaction in Brazil because like I mean we're hearing three days official mourning you know that's on the that's on the scale of uh, like you know the Queen dying in the UK almost you know what I mean this is you talk to Joe when Pele was sick during the World Cup when we were talking about Messi and everything and you're saying you know that there is there is a I suppose there is a distance to Pele. you know like uh, you know you were saying like he, you know it's fifty years since he's played, and it, it might not be that connection in relation to what like Maradona and Argentina have, but i suppose have you seen I suppose what you've seen today has it surprised you in any way how deep and visceral it's been
1: no it, it's less visceral than Argentina with Maradona, okay because of that reason of of connection uh, Maradona. Was such a spontaneous character you know he's there in the stadium he takes his shirt off and he's swirling it around his head as he leads the chance and he's carried away by the emotion of the moment and he falls down and he gets up again and he falls down and he gets up again and, uh, and that, that made him readily easy, uh, easy to, identify, to identify with as perhaps was the case in Brazil with Gahincha you know, yeah. Pele and Gahincha played for Brazil together for eight years and, and they, they never lost a game. Um, but Pele is a different kind of person. And this is in no way a criticism when I say he's more calculated. Because what I'm really saying is he's, he's so much better at the administration of, of his own life. A, that, that, that's a life skill. Um, but it does mean that there's a, there's a certain distance. So there is absolutely no lack... Of love, reverence for Pelé. And I found in one of the papers today, in uh, São Paulo, from the state of São Paulo, where uh, where Pelé lived uh, and died. Uh, and the front cover is, is a picture there of it saying Pelé has died if Pelé can actually die. Mm. And you turn inside and you read the shout line, like the gods of Olympus. Pele doesn't get old or die. He will always be alive, marked in global memory as the Brazilian who used football to make humanity dream. And I think that's probably the best local summing up of the mood that, um, that, that I've come across. And there is huge pride, unbelievable pride the the media all around the world is talking about him. Mm. Um, they're proud of the fact that we're having this discussion now. When last night as the european media went to press, you know, uh, social media on brazil was full of the front covers of the european papers and look at the look at the tributes they're paying to our pelé, the greatest diplomat i ever had, the man who really put brazil on on the map. Um, so it, it goes very deep but it's not quite the visceral emotional contact with the same depth that Argentina had with Maradona, which is partially the fact that Maradona was 20 years younger. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's generations there with more contact, but also this difference in personalities, I think is, is, is a big part of it. Because as I'm saying, some Brazilians had that, that, that uh, kind of relationship with, with Gahincha, who was another one who wasn't very good at administering his life. And perhaps for that reason, could be easily uh, uh, e- e- more easily identified with by by some of the population
0: yeah, and certainly didn 't mean to compare either because it 's two unique characters and, and, and Pele in his own regard. you mentioned though like putting Brazil on the map, you know when we think of football, this is such a simplistic thing to say, but there is a, as you 're a kid, you think of football, you think of the World Cup, you think of Brazil, like Brazil would have been a pretty good footballing nation anyway without pele, but i don 't think they would have been. That. They wouldn't have been the Brazil that we know and think
1: of without this one man. Is that a fair, fair thing to say? It, it's totally fair. And th- these, these little simple starting points for questions, I think, are the best starting points for questions. Uh, and let's, let's remember just how quick this process was. We have a nine-year-old kid shocked as he watches his dad in tears listening on the radio as Brazil lose the 1950 yeah. World Cup final to Uruguay. And this nine-year-old kid says to his dad, leave it to me. I'm gonna put that right. You fast forward just 20 years. <laughs> I'm old enough to know how little time 20 years is. Yeah. And you think what has changed in those 20 years when Pele leaves the international scene after Mexico 70? Well, first of all, in 50, Brazil was, was still wearing white. They weren't even wearing those, the, those yellow shirts that mm. have become so iconic. And they became iconic in 12 years. Uh, so that, that's number one. Number two, Pelé leaves the scene and Brazil have won three World Cups. They hadn't won any. They weren't even top dogs in, in, in South America. Uh, and so they have become, in the course of three World Cups, they become the country that everyone wants to be for four weeks every four years. They're the country that wins. They're the country that wins in style. They're the country that wins in style with a smile on their face. All of that's Pelé. Why wouldn't you want to be Pelé? <laughs> And that's in just twenty years. Yeah. No. That, and the, the pace of that change is absolutely astonishing. And we come out of that into the new world. Remember nineteen fifty, we're talking about his dad listening on the radio and Brazil playing in white. Mm, nineteen seventy. Well, TV. Mm. You know, yeah, a, a TV suddenly appeared in my house for the <laughs> 1970 World Cup. It was black and white. I was just turned five. I was I was too young for it, um, but we were part of that 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 global audience. Uh, and uh, think of the the wonder of those images, mm. glistening in the in, in in the afternoon sunshine of Mexico. They've got an ethereal, other world quality. Even. The sound of the, the TV and the radio commentators, it's got uh, an ethereal quality. And at the time, it was, a link was so often made between Brazil winning the 70 World Cup and the moon landing a few months earlier, because those images, obviously, they have an ethereal other world quality. Uh, and these are two massive TV events bringing the world together. And as a result of Mexico 70, the world acquires, and very, very quickly, the habit of sitting down every four years to watch the World Cup. So it's Pele who helps create that habit. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just a case of, on his mission might have been Brazil, the mission that he explained to his dad when he was nine, but it turns into a global mission as well, because he changes, he changes geopolitics, because the World Cup is geopolitics and I found it very fitting and appropriate I think that the last lucid days of his life were spent while the world cup was happening in Qatar mm. because it was a chance for the great and the good gathered there in Qatar to send a message of love and appreciation to effectively the man who built their house
0: yeah yeah it was very interesting actually even at the time kind of you know because we were having this messy moment that everybody talked about as defining his legacy and it's funny how football just seems to have this circular nature and its own history is always so important and for this to be happening as the messy moment was happening I just found it really interesting how interested Tim was Pele in those kind of conversations. How interested? I thought like he was one of those people that I think always came across as very humble in conversation, but not necessarily as a sportsman. Was he interested in the pantheon conversations and his place in it?
1: Oh, obsessed. Oh, was he interested? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would go. I would go much further. Now here we're beginning, and you've you've brought up I think a wonderful point. Uh, how often people talk of his humility? And again, I don't wish to criticise him on this in any way. Yeah, but he was a genius at public relations as well. Yeah, because the, the the humility doesn't apply to his own conception of himself as a footballer. And why should it? You don't get as good at anything, let alone something as competitive as football without really having something about you, without really having an edge to you. And, and Pele, uh, he was a ferocious guardian of his of his own legacy. Mm. And he, he, he hated anyone being placed close to him. And he had all kinds of swipes at Maradona for off-the-field activities or for being limited to the left foot. Uh, you know, Messi he said, you know, when you've scored as many goals as I have, we can talk. Um, Oh, yes. I mean, he's uh, there's there's nothing modest about this. And part of that humility that he projects is a man utterly secure of his place in the Pantheon, although always in the back of his mind worried. Mm. Um, Going in, it, it seems either funny or sad to think about this now, but going into the 2006 World Cup, there was huge hype in Brazil that this was the moment when Ronaldinho was going to prove that he was better than Pelé. Uh, and, uh, well, we know it didn't happen. Mm. And if essentially that the entire career turns on the disappointment of, of that World Cup. The first game against Croatia, Brazil struggled to a 1-0, a, a labored 1-0 win. And Pelé can't wait to run across to the Brazilian press and say how poor Ronaldinho had been. You know, Don't come anywhere near me, pal, because okay. that's my space. And, and, and he loved that. I mean, just on, on this issue, I've got to have in front of me an interview um, that he gave This is when his film came out, June of 2004. And uh, he's placed in the context of 1960s celebrities, uh, the Beatles, the Stone, Che Guevara, Martin Luther King. Uh, he adds Muhammad Ali to that list. And he says, always talking himself in the third person. He says, Pele was superior to all of them. (laughs) Uh, This is an example, I think. I'm going to show you the headline, if if anyone's watching this. The headline there is, I was more popular than the Beatles. And it it shows how often journalism, sports journalism, missed the story with with Pele. Because that's not the story. The story is, he declares himself in his interview superior to Martin Luther King. Yeah. On the grounds that martin luther king got involved with politics whereas the message of Pele is restricted to sports and therefore is, is 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 entirely positive um so what about that, that? Rather blow, yeah sorry well that, that rather blows out out of the water the idea of humble 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 sure no, he wasn't and he shouldn't have been humble but i think that statement indicates someone who spent too long being surrounded by someone who uh, being surrounded by people who are going to agree with everything you say it's yeah. not healthy for anyone
0: Absolutely, yeah. saw. <laughs> also like, I mean, we don't need to get into the, the kind of, the, there's a lot of conversation to be had, I guess, about Pele's politicalness or lack of it or, you know, refusal to get involved in certain things. And I suppose it is, in some ways, it feels in these days, the way we approach the world now and the way we've been talking about Messi for the last few weeks, it does feel like a bit of a mark against them. But... It's something that we could probably get into again. What I'm interested in, actually, and you mentioned it at the start about he was born however many years after the end of 52. slavery. Pele, in a country that I don't think is without racial issues, and you know a lot more about them than I do, it never appeared that Pele's blackness was important to Brazilians. Is that, is that a simplistic way of looking at it from the outside, looking in, or is that, was that the truth?
1: Brazil is very complicated in this respect and obviously the comparison that you make here is between him and Muhammad Ali. Mm, Exactly, yeah, that's that's actually what's in my head, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali, who was willing, not only willing, but did give up the peak years of his career uh, Uh in order to to take a a political stance. You don't see that in the life of Pelé. You don't see anything anything similar. Uh, Different countries. Mm Mm-hmm. Ali has a movement behind him in which he can he can draw inspiration, draw education and, and have a backup there. That doesn't really apply in the case of, of Pelé. Uh, the, uh, Brazil imported millions more enslaved people than the United States did. Millions more. And one of the consequences and there are, there, are, there are a number of differences. But one of the consequences is that in the United States, there was always a hard and fast line about who's black and who isn't. Yeah. And when that line exists, it's far easier to keep to, – to mobilize as a movement. In Brazil, the lines are always more blurred. Remember that Brazil was colonized by Portugal, tiny little country. It needs people. So even priests were told to go out and multiply. So you get all kinds of mixed – Racial things going on, and exactly where the line is between white and black—it's it, it, so—it's it, an entirely different context, yeah. uh, a much less collective society, I think, than Argentina. Uh, in the comparison with Maradona, Maradona always there's an identification there that he makes with the collective, be it be it the uh, poor people in the urban periphery in, in, in Buenos Aires or Napoli uh, in, uh, in in the south of Italy. You don't find that in in Pele. Uh, Pelé and I'm I'm confused about this issue myself because through Pelé the world had an idea of Brazil as a country very much at ease uh, with itself racially racial democracy that is an idea that no one these days would take seriously Uh, it was a myth that the standing of Pelé helped Propagates. I'm not blaming Pele in any way, in any way, uh, um, for, and and there are some positive things in the myth. It's it's not entirely negative, because and this has happened before in the 30s with the Samba musicians, and then in the late 60s with Pele, both two moments. It's the height of when Brazil is uh, has its most authoritarian regimes, the late 30s and and the and the late 60s the black Brazilian, the Afro-descendant Brazilian, was part of the, imagina- the, the imaginary nation. And there's something in that. I think that there, 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 is, there are some... Although, on the one hand, it's a lie. And you even see that today in Brazilian football. Where are the black coaches? And this is just football we're talking about. Mm. Where are the black coaches? You go to Colombia, there are lots of black coaches. You go to Brazil, it's very, very hard to find them. Um, the, the, the legacy of enslavement has proved extremely hard to overcome, not least because the end of, of enslavement didn't really mean progress for many of the slaves or the enslaved. It just meant they were, they were forgotten and a white labor force was imported for, for, from, from Europe. So the, the Afro descendants have been on the bottom of society for for a long, long time and precious little progress and perhaps even, even we, we've, we've been moving in, in the opposite direction Um, uh, so that the the idea of of the racial democracy was always a myth but I do think sometimes there is something positive at least the black Brazilian the Afro descendant belongs in the in in, that has some place Mm. in the imaginary community of, of the nation
0: yeah now it's such an interesting discussion because you're right there is that there is that the way we see from the outside world and and there's representation there but then there's also there is also that problem with Sports people being the only representation of yep. racial in the various different countries, and how there is also that, that ease of how could I be racist? I, I love Muhammad Ali, and you know, there's you know, so, so it's just an interesting thought to me. And it was, it was especially when watching the documentary, it was how it was, it never seemed to be a factor. We should end before we go, Tim, and you've been so good with your time with football and more kind of a positive note. I, I heard you describe him as, uh, you know, if you were to pick one footballer again we won't have the greatest conversation but that it would be pele i suppose the important thing today is when we look back i've never seen pele play live i think he's even probably a little bit before your time but we've watched it i watched the 1970 world cup final during lockdown it's bad footage everything but what i just what i couldn't take my eyes off was his i suppose his subtlety and the way he would just find mm. that just find that bit of space, or find our little shimmies here and there, that would just open everything up for him, and then do the perfect thing with the ball afterwards. That's about the limit of what I know. But I think it is important on a day like this to say that, like, calling Pele the greatest isn't just because we've always done it. It's not a myth. It was reality.
1: Yes. So, and if if you really want to see him at his best, because he's he's still great in seventy. Yeah. I love the goal. I've spoken to many of his teammates and they are unanimous that the goal that won that World Cup was the one against England, that won the game against England. Yeah. And just the beautiful simplicity of the little pass he plays to Jairzinho. It's wonderful. And as the manager of that team, Zagalo, once said to me, this is the calm that other players have in the the centre circle and he has it in the penalty area. Mm. So he was great in 1970, but physically he's passed his best. He's bulked up a little bit. On peak Pelé, is running with the ball as absolute force of nature. And the comparison that always uh, occurs in my mind, it, it's not like uh, Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as, as something which is bouncing, like an obedient happy puppy at his feet. Uh, and if, if you really want to see him at his peak, the footage, unfortunately, is far, far worse than mm. anything from nineteen seventeen. it's in black and white. Uh, but it was a big thing. This is the, uh, the final of the game between the champions of Europe and the champions of South America, which starts as a really big thing, and it's Benfica of Portugal against Santos of Brazil. Two legs. First leg in Brazil, Santos win 3-2. Benfica consider themselves the favourites for the second leg back in Lisbon. This is the end of 62 and the game that Pele saw as, as the, the best of his career, yet again on a big occasion. He's a big occasion player. And if you look at this footage, it's like watching someone from another species, uh, and he, he puts Santos 5 nil up, and he's just charging through them with all of the virtues, with, with sustained pace, with acceleration, with vision, with control of the ball. And it's, it's like watching an adult playing alongside little kids. And this is Benfica. And if you want to know why Portugal was so keen to kick him out of the World Cup in 1966, yeah. it's because they knew exactly what this madman could do and they didn't want to let, they didn't want to let him do it. So if, if you watch that footage, sorry, the footage isn't great, but it's well worth watching anyway, because you are seeing there someone uh, probably, I think, the greatest ever to play the game at the absolute peak of his powers.
0: Well, there's a tip for you for the weekend uh, from Tim Vickery. Tim, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I hope, I don't know, I know it's early in the day there in Brazil, but I hope, I hope you get some sleep now after <laughs> when all of this winds down. Uh, but no it's, sleep till bedtime. It's been, um, it's been a pleasure to talk, and it won't be the last time we talk about Pelé with you on the show, I'm sure.
1: I hope not. It's my pleasure. Cheers. Tim
0: Vickery there, live in Brazil. Uh, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.